The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planets are spinning through space. Smile upon your face. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome. I am your host, Jay Taylor. I'm also the editor of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And to learn more about that, my work in general, you can go uh, to miningstocks.com. And that would also include a connection point for Ken, uh, Chen Lin, uh, a partner of mine. And you can go to webeatthestreet.com. That's webeatthestreet.com for information on myself and Roger Wiegand, another partner of mine. You can sign up for special trial offers, uh, introductory offers that are less expensive, just to see if you like the services, if they're for you or not. You can call Claudio Bossi, my assistant, at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426 during the normal work hours, or go again to those websites that I just mentioned. Two other websites where I'm posting a daily blog are jtaylormedia.com, that's j-a-y-taylormedia.com, and goldinvestor.com, goldinvestor.com. Also to keep track of companies on my radar screen, these are mostly gold mining companies, but not exclusively so, companies that I think uh, that I'm looking at to see if they might fit into my newsletter as buy recommendations, you can go to another website called jayswatchlist.com. That's J-A-Y-S, watchlist.com. Thanks to each of you for listening to this show. We're very, very gratified with the growing numbers of people who are listening, our uh, numbers have been going up on a regular basis, so we're very pleased 
that, that you uh, are all tuning in to listen to the show. Many of you are listening uh, on the archives, but uh, the live listeners are, are growing as well, so we're very thankful for all of you. We want to thank our sponsors who make this show financially possible. They are Apollo Gold, Bonterra Resources, Hawthorne Gold, Metanor Resources, Pediment Gold, Palangio Explorations, and Sand Gold. And while we're on the topic of sponsors, let me just mention a couple of news items this week. Apollo Gold reported more assays uh, that continue to show continuity in their shallow, multiple mineralized zones in their Ontario Gold uh, project. And that looks to me like it could be a world-class gold mine in the making, and they should be producing something like 100,000 ounces this year at very economic prices, at very economic cost. Now, the real big news this week was Sand Gold, uh, President Dale Ginn, who will be on this show in a few weeks, reported yesterday that Sand Gold intersected a mind-boggling 57.2 ounces of gold per ton over a 2.1-meter intersection. 57.2 ounces. Multiply that number by 1,150 or wherever they got the uh, gold prices today, and you start to see how significant that is. That's all. That's mind-boggling. It really is. On the 007 discovery, now this company has been making lots of great discoveries, lots of new discoveries, high-grade near-surface gold discoveries, and these are numbers, quite frankly, that look very, very close to what um, what Gold Corp reported in uh, in the days when they were moving their Red Lake mine towards production. And I've heard geologists tell me in the past, uh, Jay, don't get rid of gold, uh, don't get rid of uh, sand gold, because if there's any company in North America that has a chance to replicate the Gold Corp um, Red Lake mine, it would be sand gold and their Rice Lake mine in Manitoba. So lo and behold, it seems to be uh, the case that it seems to be what's developing uh, is a, a, glor- a fantastic gold mine in Manitoba. And the company did report their first operating earnings, uh, as we told you last week the first operating earnings that they've had in their history. So as they start to feed in their higher-grade gold deposit, they should start to be much more economic over time. Just one more thing, Metanor uh, Metanor Resources, uh, who will be, we're going to have Ron Perry, who's the treasurer of Metanor and a director of the company, with us uh, in the last segment of today's show. Metanor announced that they arranged a $4 million private placement that they'll be using, and we'll ask Ron Perry to comment on that and, and what the company hopes to use. Metanor, of course, is a sponsor, as is Sandgold, uh, and um, and the other companies that we've just uh, we've just mentioned. So uh, Ron Perry will be with us in the last uh, segment of this show today. Perhaps the most important word mentioned in this show on an ongoing basis is gold. I mean, we use gold as the basis for building wealth. Gold is, by its very nature, wealth. It cannot be debased as money, as paper money is being debased at a rate, at a rising rate of speed uh, as we go forward here in one bailout after another. Our main guest today is Ian McDonald. He's a seasoned gold bullion trader who knows as much about the gold markets, I dare say, as anyone alive. Ian is a very experienced. He, he uh, traded for large uh, institutions, gold bullion for large institutions in the past, uh, and so he's very, very knowledgeable. We're very pleased to have him on our show. He's going to be our main guest uh, going forward here in the second and third segments of today's show. Uh, but there are also very important life-sustaining things in addition to gold that we need to be paying attention to during times of stress in the financial markets because I do believe, and I think history bears this out, financial stress can lead to all kinds of problems in the breaking down of life support systems. You don't have to go too much further uh, back in history than the Argentinian crisis a few years ago, and certainly Zimbabwe now, but 
those of us in this uh, hemisphere think of Argentina. Well, one very good friend of mine who has paid a lot of attention to this issue is Dr. Suzanne Zetner. And professionally, Suzanne is a highly acclaimed educator who has won awards for her innovative innovative educational uh, ideas and the implementation of those that have proven to be very successful. Suzanne, I think, is a wonderful talent in the field of education, but not just as a formal educator. She also has put together uh, an organ- a company, actually, that, is going- that she's going to tell us about. This company is uh, providing information uh, and product for people so that they can be prepared for, uh, for very, very difficult situations for cataclysmic uh, events uh, when they arise. We, we hope and pray they never do, but things do happen. Uh, we've had a lot of difficulties over the no- last number of years, and uh, Suzanne is with us. Uh, her website is allinonepreparedness.com, and I'd like you to write that down before we, uh, before we say hello to Suzanne, allinonepreparedness.com. Uh, so uh, I hope you've all had a chance to write that down. And Suzanne, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Thank you, Jay. It's wonderful to be here. Well, it's so good to, to have you. You've uh, become a good friend of mine over the last number of months. I think we first met back in the first of this year in, uh, in Phoenix, and uh, I just I'm delighted to know you as a as a person and also as a uh, as an educator. You've certainly done a lot to educate me uh, along these lines, and I think we're going to learn a lot more from you in the future. There have been many examples of catastrophic events in recent years. I just alluded to one. I think the Argentinian financial crisis that really resulted in a breakdown of uh, of, of life support systems of uh, you know of trade and commerce and things that we sort of take for granted all the time. We don't expect. Uh, you know, we we don't really think of the equity markets uh, tanking being related to, you know, food supplies, water, and so forth. But I guess they really can cause those kinds of problems. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, Katrina, of course, not we here, but in uh, Louisiana, 9/11 here in New York, we've experienced earthquakes. Two tsunamis have been, uh, you know, big in the news in a big way. Uh, fuel costs have gone up, and people can sometimes not afford to heat their homes. Uh, we've had uh, brownouts and rolling electric outages in uh, my part of the world. In Queens, we've had problems uh, for a prolonged period of time. Um, a few summers ago, we were without electricity in the heat of the summer for several weeks or for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, so these are some of the things that, that we can be faced with. Now, you have really um, really thought a lot about this, and you put something together, as I mentioned, all in one preparedness uh, can you give our listeners just a little bit of uh, background on what All-in-One Preparedness is and why did you decide to set this organization, this company up? Sure. All-in-One Preparedness is a very small company dedicated to person-to-person conversations to help people calmly discuss the future. Uh, and how this came about was really my own observations. I am not an economist. I'm not a politician. I'm not a prognosticator, but I consider myself just to be a a hungry student of what's happening in the world. And things consistently felt very uneasy to me. I'm just talking with friends informally and hearing the massive amounts of debt and being a voracious reader, reading anything I can really get my hands on. It just led me to believe that there was an imminent danger ahead, and um, not being particularly astute in the world of investing, I decided that if things really get tough, um, it all comes down, in my eyes, to having an ample supply of 
food and high-quality purified water. And all-in-one preparedness is just an approach to save people from the anguish kind of that I went through as I started to do my own homework and found that I needed to go to 50 different companies for 50 different products. And so I spent a significant amount of time researching products and companies and um, have since assembled a number of products all under one roof. Oh, I see. So this makes it easy for people then to go to one place to buy all the sort of uh, things you might need in the case of an emergency. Exactly right. That's the idea behind it. And you related to me a story of some friend or friends of yours in Argentina that really experienced some difficulties during that crisis. I guess you're talking about the financial crisis that occurred in Argentina a few years back. Is that right? Yes. I had a, um, at the time I was living in, in Wisconsin in Madison, and uh, a visiting professor in the veterinary school was in town, and we got to be very good friends, and she shared with me her personal story of the collapse of the Argentinian currency and how her upper-middle family, her parents namely, went from being uh, extremely comfortable in their life within two weeks were living very frantically and searching for food. Mm. So food was just not available on the shelves or the currency they had was not acceptable uh, to, to buy the food, I guess, uh, or a combination of the two issues. Yeah, from what I remember from the conversation, it was just that times became very difficult in uh, a very, very rapid order. So um, it was just a time that she she shared was just an absolute uh, frantic type time for their family. Sure. Well, it, you know, the the notion that the financial market meltdown could re, you know could result in something like that, of course, is a little hard for Americans to get their head around because it's you know it's not something we've experienced. But when you, you know, people that are willing to step outside of the the programmed information that we're given all the time here and do some research as you've done, realize that it's not that that things can break down fairly quickly, and we're not. We're certainly not hoping for that. We don't want any of that to happen. Sometimes some of us gold bugs are accused of wanting all hell to break loose so we get rich. Nothing could be nothing could be further from the truth. We buy gold for the same reason you're suggesting people have ample food supplies, etc. Now, what are the essential items that you're that you're recommending and are available for for purchase in all in one? Well, it's it sort of replicates a normal, well balanced diet. I mean, this is not a, a program that anybody would be nutritionally deficient if they just got the the basic food group items. We sell everything from whole grains to dairy products, uh, a 27-year time-tested shelf life. The products are are manufactured at a family facility out in California with a eat-off-the-floor type facility. They are just meticulous and clean and perfectionist, and they've been in the industry for 30 years. And um, like I said, I searched a long time before I found a, a company that I really felt like their products were really something I wanted to represent. And, and uh, so I sell the products that they manufacture right in their hometown uh, family facility. It's not a big corporate outfit. And um, we also are uh, a vegetarian-based company. So we use textured vegetable protein as opposed to uh, meat proteins, and um, full line of dairy from milk and butter, and we've got eggs and um, pancake mix. I mean, you just eat like you normally would eat, and and invariably, when I give people samples, they absolutely cannot believe that it is a, a dehydrated product. You just add water and 
and it's it's absolutely delicious food. Well, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, how much storage space do you need for, let's say, a family of four or something like that? Well, for one year, we use the the descriptor that if you have a couple, so if it's a family of four, for one year, storage space for that food would be the size of two refrigerators. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible, but I guess you can compact it that much because it's dehydrated. That's exactly right. Okay. What should people focus on first? And Well, let me ask you, what would it cost uh, for, for two people, for a couple? How much money are we talking about to fully equip yourself and be ready for uh, the unexpected and, and undesirable uh, event? Well, I, I really um, I'm not a high-pressure salesperson at all, and I encourage people to kind of go at this slowly. And so... Um, it is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an investment of sorts. Sure. And so, um, by encouraging people to consider a three-month supply as a starting range, um, you can easily do that with um, staying under four hundred dollars. Mm. And um, you can we mix and match and and cater to food allergies and all sorts of things. So it's not like it's a prepackaged program. Although we do have some really nice kits that have been assembled for somebody who doesn't want to go through the picking and choosing and just wants a really healthy, well-balanced diet for three months. That sounds really good. $400, you're saying, uh, for, for a couple? Um, that's, that's for one person, Jay. For one person. Okay. Well, I mean, that's and, – and what period of time uh, will that satisfy uh, those basic needs for? That would be for three months. Wow. I mean, that doesn't sound bad at all. Um, I don't know what, what we're spending for food a week here, my, Mrs. Taylor and myself – um, it doesn't sound like a whole lot more than that, or less actually, probably. So anyway, what is your website again, Suzanne? Um, it's allinonepreparedness.com. Is that it? Yes, it is. Allinonepreparedness.com. Well, thank you so much for for sharing that information with us, folks. Um, I think you're going to want to go to Suzanne's website, check it out. Uh, it's something I need to do and uh, find some space here in Queens, New York, uh, for some storage. It's um, you know we, we keep putting this sort of thing off until. Until it's too late, um, it's like, but it's like buying an insurance policy. In a way, it's just like buying gold. We're buying gold not to get rich. We're buying gold to preserve our wealth so that when paper money and other systems break down, we have an ability to survive and to, um, uh, and, and to survive very, very difficult environments. So thank you again, Suzanne, for your insights. And I, I do hope to have you back sometime, uh, probably next year when we go to a two-hour format. We'll have more time, and we can talk in more detail about some of the, uh, some of the items that you have available for people. Uh, it's time now for our commercial break, and uh, when we come back, we are going to be talking about the gold markets with an expert a gold trader named Ian McDonald. Ian has been around for quite a while. He's a very seasoned a trader who's uh, traded with some of the largest financial institutions in the world and uh, been a gold bullion trader uh, for those companies, very household name companies, uh, banks that you'll, you'll recognize. So on Ian's back, we're going to ask Ian just how high this gold price is going to go, what's driving it, and some of the other fundamental questions on people's minds as gold keeps making new highs every, every day, it seems, these days. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. One 
to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Apollo Gold is a gold-producing and exploration company that recently brought the brand-new Black Fox Mine into production. Apollo's 100% owned Black Fox Mine is located in the world-renowned gold-producing district of Timmins, Ontario, Canada. It's expected to produce over 100,000 ounces of gold annually. Apollo Gold also has tremendous potential for additional gold discovery as they continue their current exploration program on their recent new discovery at the Gray Fox property, which is adjacent to the Black Fox Mine, as well as its new land acquisition of Pike River. With gold prices near an all-time high, investors should consider Apollo Gold as an outstanding opportunity to invest in an undervalued junior gold mining company, well positioned to take advantage of a bull gold market. Apollo Gold trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol AGT and on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol APG. Visit Apollo's website at www.apollogold.com. Apollo Gold, a golden opportunity for investment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. It's just a love. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm really privileged to have as our special guest this week, Ian McDonald, who's been in the gold bullion trading business for years uh, with the likes of Commerce Bank, uh, Credit Suisse, Abilitan, of UK. Uh, recently, he managed a gold asset management company for uh, the government of Dubai. I believe I've got that right. Um, Ian McDonald is uh, currently chairman of Gold Bullion International, a newly formed firm that is the first company to exclusively offer the wealth management industry access to the most secure and transparent process for acquiring, transporting, and storing gold bullion for their for the for the more affluent clients. Um, 
retail clients, but the affluent ones, I guess. And well, prior to heading up Gold Bullion International, Ian worked as an executive director of the Dubai Multi Commodities Center, where he uh, launched a $200 million Sharia compliant asset management company for the government of Dubai. Well, welcome, Ian, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Jay, good afternoon, and thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I wasn't sure if the turkey was going to get in the way of us this week or not, and you, you might have been out of town, but I'm delighted to have you here. Your recent experience in Dubai, can you fill us in on that? What did you do there? What was your responsibility there? And uh, I believe you returned sooner than the three years you were expected to spend there. So if you could just get into your experience in Dubai and, and tell our listeners about that. Well, you're absolutely right. I did return sooner than expected, unfortunately. But uh, having I spent the last two years in Dubai and returned to the United States in spring of uh, this year, basically my uh, job uh, was to promote uh, Dubai as a uh, financial center for the gold market. And um, Dubai still remains one of the largest uh, physical hubs in the world for gold, uh, largely because it's a tax-free environment, it doesn't attract taxes, and it tends to be a conduit for the um, shipping points into the Middle East and uh, also a lot of countries in the Far East who have favorable tax uh, treatment uh, with uh, Dubai, and especially India is one of the big, uh, certainly the largest uh, trading counterpart. But my job there was to essentially oversee uh, the markets, uh, ensure there was best practices, and really modernize uh, the market uh, overall. And uh, whilst I was there, I had the fortune of uh, launching actually a couple of funds. Uh, One was a Sharia compliance uh, fund. Um, for 200 million U.S. dollars, which is still active. Um, And uh, that was a fascinating uh, project. And also we launched uh, as a joint venture with the World Gold Council a gold ETF that was also Sharia compliant. Oh, Could you explain to our listeners what you mean by Sharia compliant? Well, Sharia is obviously an Islamic law, and it pertaining particularly in our case, we were focusing on um, financial products. And you know, with the financial products, you had to be careful about what products you uh, had. You cannot pay things like interest, mm-hmm. but so you got around this by you know, introducing things like profit sharing you know, rather than interest. And uh, you couldn't leverage, which uh, was probably a good thing, um, you know, given the meltdown we've had in really in the, the Western uh, world, and because you know the markets got highly over leveraged, um, and of course um, you couldn't have things like uh, alcohol or tobacco related products in the, any of the funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, without leverage, we wouldn't be in the pickle we're in today. Isn't isn't that right? Uh, well, it, it, I, it's a part of the cause, uh, Jay. Um, I, I don't think it's entirely the leverage, uh, we, mm-hmm. but it's certainly you know the deleveraging, you know, the banks deleveraging has effectively taken a lot of credit out of the market. Well, it, it's taken a lot of credit out of the market. You wonder if that might not be a good thing. Uh, I mean, can we just keep living beyond our means and printing money and, and going into debt? In other words, it seems to me that Sharia law essentially is, is requiring people to live within their means, in a sense, and not living today at the expense of tomorrow. If they're not borrowing, they're having to save their um, 
save their money in essence and not borrow? Is that is that more or less the well, way that, it is? that is very true. Um, in fact, uh, we had a board of uh, five Sharia scholars um, who were advising and who would issue the fatwas uh, for us to go and uh, market and sell the products in the Middle East. And uh, but what was interesting, I did actually say to the Sharia scholars um, that uh, if we had followed uh, some of the Sharia law in the first place in the West, we wouldn't have been in some of this mess. No, that it seems apparent to me that that's the case. Of course, you could also make the case that if we had never gone off the gold standard, we never would have gotten ourselves into such a pickle because it would not have been possible for central banks to um, uh, create so much credit, I suppose. But that's, you know, when I had Bob Prechter on my show a number of weeks ago, I said, well, Bob, couldn't we maybe not have, uh, could have we avoided this problem if Nixon never took us off the gold standard? And he said, yes, but he had no choice. In essence, our Western civilization, our Western society was requiring an easier go of it, and they didn't want the disciplines of the gold, uh, of the gold, uh, you know, gold-backed currency. So I, I guess maybe we get... Uh, sometimes I guess it's, it might be w- worth saying, uh, be careful what you wish for. We want to have an easy life without working hard and saving for it, and uh, we see that there are limits to that. Um, the Wall Street Journal article, or, or first before I get to that, let me ask you, you have now started a new organization, a new company, if you will. I believe you're probably a founder, if not the founder, of Gold Bullion International. Can you talk about what Gold Bullion International is and what you're planning to do with that? Of course, um, you know, I'm not the, the only founder. There, there's several of us uh, here, but uh, and we've been very, very fortunate uh, to uh, bring a whole team together. We've got a fantastic team from the wealth management industry, uh, many, many years' experience, and obviously from the, the bullion markets. And uh, basically what we're going to be doing is offering the wealth management and insurance industries the ability uh, for their customers to buy and sell uh, gold bullion easily and safely and track it in their bullion accounts. Um, uh, Sorry, in their um, brokerage accounts, not bullion. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the keys uh, for this is we are rolling out uh, technology um, to be able to do this. Um, uh, you know, which is amazing because, you know, as an industry, the bullion industry is one of the few industries that changed its sort of business practices in hundreds of years. Mm. It's been uh, very behind and backward, and you know, as an industry, it has also been very fragmented. Yes, I guess that's that's true. I mean, I'm thinking in terms of technology. We're aware, of course, we've interviewed James Turk on our show, goldmoney.com, which in essence allows you to uh, you know, convert your your holdings in gold into any number of five currencies at any time. Is there something like that that you'll be doing for your for your clients? No, um, ours is going to be sort of um, plain old, the plain vanilla. Uh, the uh, clients will be able to own uh, and hold a physical gold. Um, you, you know, there's a slew of um, products out there from mining shares to ETFs uh, all done a phenomenal job, but uh, there's a big core of the market are now telling telling us we want to have the physical just in case. Well, that certainly is is true, isn't it? And uh, now I want to get to this article in the Wall Street Journal that I started talking about a minute ago that came out, I guess it was in today's Wall Street Journal, pointing out that HSBC was telling its small retail clients to uh, basically take take the contents out of their safety deposit boxes out because they didn't really didn't want their business anymore. 
I, the same article noted that there was uh, one institution that was uh, holding 2.2 million ounces in this in this particular uh, Manhattan-based HSBC uh, facility, and they were not being asked to get out. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of this article? I know you're familiar with it. What are, What are your thoughts? Well, just backing up and looking through, you know, the, the 30 years I've lived in uh, Manhattan or the United States. Um, when I first came to this country in 7980, which was coincidentally during the uh, Carter era when gold first ran up to $850 an ounce, um, we had some 40-odd institutions just here in Manhattan offering gold and physical gold services. And these were big banks. Now, and I, I warned the industry back in uh, 1999 that we were seeing the demise of the distribution system for precious metals, which makes it very, very hard for uh, the small investor uh, and even the mid-sized investor to own and hold gold. And... Um, you know, so there's been over the 30 years you know, a clear pattern. You know, we're seeing one bank after another um, get out of the market. And last year alone, and even this year, we saw several in New England, in the Boston, Providence area, uh, who have been in the gold market forever, uh, exiting the, the industry, um, which was quite sensational. Um, Ian, let me just ask you: Why would they be exiting now? Gold is, has risen from 250 bucks to over a thousand, and um, you know, and has been on a on a seven, eight, nine—I don't know how many years now—seven-year bull market. Why would these guys be getting out now? Clearly, it wasn't profitable, or they just stayed in the business. What what was was that? Is that the case? And if so, what what's squeezing their profits? These well, I I I think Jay has been more of a bureaucracy in the banking uh, world. There's forcing people out uh, rather than a profit situation. Uh, and I think a lot of banks, uh, when the new generation of uh, management took over, uh, were expecting unrealistic profit margins and you know, from out of the industry. And, uh, you know, they, they got disillusioned and despondent when uh, those profits weren't achievable because uh, I remember, you know, a uh, number of uh, the large banks, uh, what they were expecting, you know, to take out of the market in profits was just, uh, you know, a pie in the sky. Okay, so, uh, so, but, you, but is that changing now? I mean, I'm, um, you're you're entering a business. You would think if all of the suppliers of these products are gone, and then you're in a bull market, there's somewhere along the line there's there's demand, and we're reading now about. Huge increases in demand, 30, 40, 50 percent increases in the size of gold holdings by a lot of wealthy investors now. Um, is this, uh, are we getting the signals in the marketplace to bring companies like Gold Bullion International back into play? Oh, yeah, yes. I, and, I, you know, our sort of um, business model will reopen the distribution system. So investors can get back into the market, and uh, we will provide the service for the uh, financial institutions and the, the brokerage houses and and uh, insurance companies for their customers to come and uh, deal through us. And uh, you know, so but you will have to have a, an account with one of the big names uh, to be able to deal with us. Okay, so you're going to be dealing with institutions primarily who will then have their retail clients. 
Absolutely, that's it. And uh, the you know financial advisor will be able to buy uh, fiscal bullion from us in the same way as you buy a stock or a bond uh, uh, from on the same platform. You know, which uh, right now, and you know, if you call your broker dealer or your financial advisor, you just can't do. It's very very difficult to do. Well, it certainly is uh, is out of the mainstream. There's uh, people don't really know how to buy gold. I mean, I guess the people that know how to buy gold are the small investors, the ones that have been gold bugs for a long time. But as I go to these various conferences and speak, I realize that there just is not very much knowledge about gold, and I guess for good reasons because, I mean, let's face it, gold has had been in a you know in a huge long twenty year bear market from about 1980 until what 92 or something or 2002 or something like that, right? So. I mean, gold was not the place to be. Uh, I, I remember when I again when I had Bob Prechter on my show a couple of weeks, a, a few weeks back, and I said, "Bob, you're known as a bear," and he said, "Yeah, I, I wear that badge proudly because I was out of gold. Uh, I was out of gold at the right time, uh, but now, um, you know, things have obviously changed." Well, during the 80s and 90s, uh, certainly the only way for a, you know, a dealer, a bullion dealer, to survive was to be bearish and bearish again, um, because the Trend was clearly down, but as you said, since early 2000, I think 9/11 was the wake-up call. The world has changed. Uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, also we had a great belief that uh, you know, the world had conquered the paper markets, and uh, you know, bullion was out of fashion. Nobody wanted it. A barbaric relic, it seemed to be the case, as uh, Lord Keynes suggested many, many years ago. Absolutely, uh, but uh, it was interesting during the 80s and 90s. The only buyers out there was India, you know, and uh, and they soon cottoned on. They were the only buyers uh, because you know after they bought so many tons of gold, they would automatically drop the price. So you know that in itself uh, just helped uh, the fuel, uh, fuel the bear market. Well, speaking of India. Recently, the Indian Central Bank grabbed 200 tons of gold from the IMF, and that seemed to send a message to the world, probably to maybe some other central bankers as well, that it was foolish to keep selling gold. Do you think, um, is, is, are the Western central banks going to sell more gold, or do you think that's about over with? Well, no, I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, Congress uh, has approved uh, a total sale of over 400 tons of IMF gold. And along with the uh, gold out of uh, the European Central Bank, uh, the sales are likely to continue. And, in fact, I, I was just uh, jotting down some numbers, and it, you know, the Central Bank sales could be quite a record this year. You know, it, it, I would, wouldn't be surprised if it exceeds uh, 600 metric tons. Wow. So that's so the central banks, the Western central banks, are still selling gold. But here we have India uh, grabbing 200 tons, and, and reportedly China was ready to buy some too. What are your thoughts on that? Are there other central banks? Do we see, do we see possibly a shift in wealth from the West to the East? I mean, James Turk has pointed out in the past that we've seen historically that gold follows the wealth. Is this... Um, something you see happening? Well, yes. Um, you know, clearly, the gold is uh, trickling east. Uh, you know, um, into, and uh, you know, we, we've seen Russia increasing their uh, gold reserves. And you know, one thing I would like to point out is 
so many of the central banks are, are really underinvested on the gold front, and you know, many of the central bankers in the West have forgotten why they had gold in their vaults in the first place. And that's simply because you know history has taught us that um, maintaining financial discipline has always been hard for politicians, and you know here we are again. Um, and you know, this is one of the main reasons gold is uh, sort of rising, you know, because of the you know, there's lack of fiscal uh, any type of fiscal discipline out there. Um, so I do expect a lot of increases from countries like China and in the Middle East, even and India and Russia and and so on, where people will want to sort of really have more gold in their reserves. And, You've got to remember, a lot of uh, countries have taken their gold res reserves down to zero. Well, you know, I remember the last bull market in gold when um, the United States was selling gold. And uh, as the U.S. sold gold, and you know, the price went up. Uh, it seems to be happening now. India announces they're buying the two, 200 tons, or, or at least it became known on the markets that the Indian Central Bank was buying that gold. And I guess we've had a $100, $100 rise since then, or at least something like that. So in spite of the fact that all this central bank buying is, or selling is taking place from the Western central banks, it doesn't seem to be affecting the price of gold at all, does it? No, it, it, it doesn't. I think the overall psychology of the market has changed. And certainly, you know, when the United States was last selling gold, um, um, we had a similar situation. You know, we had an administration that was uh, spending a lot of money. Of the taxpayers' money and uh, not into sort of very viable projects, um, and essentially the same is happening again. Uh, Ian, a lot of people have been concerned that there's been some hanky panky with the gold markets. That is, that the central bankers are not necessarily telling us exactly exactly what they have. In fact, there's some organizations like the Gold Antitrust Action guys that are uh, providing some information, some some evidence. I would think that perhaps um, some of the gold that is supposed to be in the coffers might not be there. It may have been leased out, but still accounted for as uh, gold in the vaults. Have you any thoughts on that? And do you think that there may be some, some games played by the policymakers to try to spin things in a certain way that would keep confidence in paper? I have seen some of these reports, but of, of course, you know, I've got no way of verifying it, Jay, um, to suggest if there's been any anky-panky or hanky-panky, rather. Um, it, it's hard to say, but, um, you know, I, I definitely feel that uh, there was very, very heavy lending, uh, certainly during the 80s and 90s from the central banks and gold swaps in particular, who were borrowing the cash against gold. Um, and, you know, I think that in the end did represent uh, additional supply to the market. And the other thing that uh, I, I don't think people look at closely enough was the impact of the derivative uh, books generally also added supply. And, you know, I know there's been a number of brave attempts by uh, several economists to try and have a stab at what it the overall impact of the supply was. Uh, I, I think it's still very much uh, a murky number, um, but uh, definitely I, I, I do feel, that, you know, in the certainly in the 90s, uh, it, it added supply to the market. Um, how uh, the central banks reported their uh, 
or accounted for the gold, I don't know. Okay, well, we're, it's, it's very difficult to know. I noticed that uh, we have not had an audit of the U.S. gold supply since the Eisenhower administration. What do you think is keeping the boys in Washington from, uh, from having an audit of the, gold, of the gold markets? I have no idea, and I, I wasn't aware anybody was uh, trying to audit them. Uh, <laughs> well, they haven't, which seems strange to me, but maybe it doesn't, because a lot of things in government uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you mean that we haven't audited the gold supply. Eisenhower wanted it audited before he left office, so there was no questions about, about his uh, morality. And we're not auditing the gold markets, and it seems to me like there's a call now to audit the Fed. I think we ought to audit the gold markets. It just seems logical as a common American to me that we should know whether the gold is really there or not. But uh, anyway, we'll have to leave it at that. Ian, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time and your insights, and I hope we can have you on again sometime. Thank you, and good luck with your new endeavor. Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. We're going to be right back, uh, folks, after the break. We're going to have Ron Perry. He's the CEO of Metanor Resources. Ron's going to be with us to fill us uh, up, uh, fill us in on what's going on with Metanor Resources at this time. I'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Apollo Gold is a gold-producing and exploration company that recently brought the brand-new Black Fox Mine into production. Apollo's 100% owned Black Fox Mine is located in the world-renowned gold-producing district of Timmins, Ontario, Canada. It's expected to produce over 100,000 ounces of gold annually. Apollo Gold also has tremendous potential for additional gold discovery as they continue their current exploration program on their recent new discovery at the Gray Fox property, which is adjacent to the Black Fox Mine, as well as its new land acquisition of Pike River. With gold prices near an all-time high, investors should consider Apollo Gold as an outstanding opportunity to invest in an undervalued junior gold mining company, well-positioned to take advantage of a bull gold market. Apollo Gold trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol AGT and on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol APG. Visit Apollo's website at www.apollogold.com. Apollo Gold, a golden opportunity for investment. America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'll give you a little bit of an update on our portfolio this year so far. Uh, As of yesterday, our model portfolio was up 75.82%. It was led by uranium stocks. Yes, uranium stocks are on a tear this year. Well, they were down so so hard the year before. Our uranium stocks as a group are up 169% this year. It's only slightly better than the speculative mining shares, the companies that are not yet in production, but the companies that are developing gold mining projects. They're up 161%. And then our so-called Progress A gold producers are up about 58% so far this year. And we have a few other things like oil and gas stocks that are up 60%. uh, Gold and silver bullion itself through the central fund of Canada are up uh, 29% this year, uh, not too shabby either. But So we're having a good year, no doubt about it. But I remain very, very concerned that we're going to have a very significant correction in this uh, bounce up. I do believe, still do believe, and I know I've been saying this week after week and we're not seeing sort of correction I've been looking for, but I, I think what we have here is a bounce up off the bottom and that we are in a secular bear market, a very serious secular bear market, that began uh, in 2007, but really started to um, uh, to show its teeth after the Lehman Brothers debacle uh, failure last fall. Uh, that is uh, the fall of 08, and so uh, I'm I'm very concerned that what we're going to see that this that this bounce up, the B wave up, if you will, is going to run out of gas, and we're going to have a very severe decline in the equity markets. And then the question is whether or not the gold shares are taken down with the general market, and my thinking is that probably will be the case, at least, uh, at least initially. And that, uh, however, uh, the gold mining business is really, uh, is really helped by the kind of thing that, helped la- that happened last year, in spite of the fact it's hard to raise capital sometimes for those companies. But what we saw was the cost of producing an ounce of gold went down with a sharp decline in oil and other materials prices and an abundance of labor that became available onto the markets that was not there uh, when the uh, base metal mines were booming. So uh, I'm very, very bullish on gold mining, but cautious in the short term because I do think there's still a good chance we could have a major decline in the equity prices uh, in the equity markets and the the gold shares could come down with it. Well, one of our sponsors uh, is Metnor Resources, a company I am extremely bullish on, not just because they're sponsors. I like them and recommended them in my newsletter long before they became sponsors. They're a company that's developing a gold project, actually a couple of gold mines up in uh, up in Quebec, and we're very privileged to have uh, Ron Perry, uh, who is the Vice President, Treasurer, and Director of Metanor with us today. Uh, welcome, Ron. Thanks for having me, Jay. Well, it's really good to have you. We we need to get into the tough part of our discussion first here. Uh, we we noted on this program because you are a sponsor and we, we bring uh, the news, uh, significant news to our listeners every week for our sponsors. We noted the difficulty, the, uh, the tragic accident that occurred on your Bachelor Lake underground mine, and our hearts uh, really go out to the miners and their families. It, it is a tragedy no matter how you cut it. But can you tell our listeners where you stand, uh, where, you know, where that situation stands at this moment? 
Oh, for sure, Jake. And you know, it, it is a, such a tragedy. I mean, these are these are all fathers. Uh, three gentlemen uh, passed away, and uh, it's not it's not it's, it's never wished upon, and it's but it's part of mining. But uh, it's an amazing thing that our our employees were. Uh, so diligent in trying to uh, save these uh, these these uh, these miners who were trapped, but unfortunately, it, uh, to no avail. Uh, they, they 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 were just uh, they passed away. Uh, so it is a tragedy. Uh, it is an accident. It's a, it's it's unfortunate. It's human error. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, it, it it up in Quebec, uh, the CSST actually visited our property uh, a couple of weeks before the uh, accident so it really is we thought we went 906 days without any accidents and then we go to uh, three uh, three miners uh, dead it's uh, it's 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 a, it was a blow to the company it was a blow to uh, us personally because you know you 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 you're managing business and people and uh, they're you know the the company's only as good as the people but you know when something like this happens it's just uh, it's, a, it's an unfortunate event, and we had to move on. I mean, our, our employees were great. They uh, they kept the mill open and the Barry Pit open while we were going through uh, looking for the bodies, and uh, and then we were shut down for about two weeks and one day, and then the CSST gave us approval to uh, recommence work uh, in the shaft, and that's what we're doing right now. Okay, so could you give us a little bit of, a, of an update on this? And, Ron, we only have about... Uh... A minute and a half here, it seems. Um, I think I took too much time earlier in the program, but can you tell us, you, you're doing a $4 million financing now at 50 cents, I believe, and can you tell our listeners what that's for and, and how fast do you think you can ramp up production and at what cost going forward here? You're going to be mining from the Barry and ultimately from the Bachelor Lake underground situation as well. Yes, no, th- this money is really to uh, help upgrade the, finish the upgrade on the mill and uh, get us underground. Uh, start to get underground, and we want to be. We'll be back on. Our target is for uh, this summer, July, August, to be uh, 700 tons per day from Bachelor, which is obviously has a higher grade, almost seven grams uh, per ton, fully diluted, and 500 tons per day at a barrack, which will give us uh, a production starting in uh, July, August, uh, 2010, and going forward at a run rate around 66. Uh, Sixty-six thousand ounces uh, per year. So we we, we forecast sixty thousand starting once and, we get to there. That's, and you have an estimate on the cost per ounce, uh, a cash cost per ounce. Yeah, it'll be around four sixty. It'll be under five hundred U.S. for direct cash costs because we'll be able to control the grade. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 beauty of Mantinor that people have to understand. The cornerstone of the strategy was the mill, and it always was to go underground at Bachelor. We purchased part of the M&A strategy because we, in, in, around our mill, we have 1.5 million ounces available that we could do some acquisitions of small deposits that people can't really put something, you know, 60 to 100,000 ounces, you really can't put that into production. So we have the mill. Uh, we're basically the only game in town. But Barry started out as a temporary asset, but uh, we're lucky that it's, uh, we found out it's not a flat deposit. It, 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 it goes down at the, 50, 60 degrees, and there's two zones, and there's mineralization between the two. This is uh, getting to be a very substantial uh, property. But you know, as you said, we have two mines in in our in our in our in our company with yeah. one mill. So we're, we're very fortunate to have that. And the game plan has uh, always been to go underground, but now we'll have the joy of having two two mines feeding it, and we can control the grade when uh, when gold's at two thousand. We'll be able to decide what we want to do. Well, you're doing well, Ron. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I've got to bring you back, and we've got to have uh, uh, more time for you to talk more in depth about you. How many shares outstanding after this financing, so people can? Well, it depends on how much we're going to work. We're the financing that closed will probably be a little bit over 
uh, four million dollars. Uh, so at least add eight, uh, okay, eight nine million to the one hundred six. Very good. I've got to run, Ron. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you no so problem. much for coming on. We're going to have you back soon. I've just got to wrap up here now, folks. Uh, to uh, check in on what Chen is selling and what Chen is buying, you can uh, call my assistant, Claudio Bossi. You can also get uh, uh, low-cost trial subscriptions to Chen, as well as Roger Wiegand and myself. Call Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426. Next week, we're going to have an exploration geologist on our, on our program. Brent Cook is an extra, uh, extraordinary geologist, really highly regarded. He's going to talk a little bit about the gold mining industry and give you some tips on how to invest in gold mining. I just want to, before we close, thank our uh, my executive producer, Tacey Trump, as well as Ruben Colombe and Travis Ortwin, my engineer, for making this show logistically possible. And thanks to you again for listening. And so until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now the thing about time is that time is Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.